political rationality is not the same as economic rationality. And once these two collide, economic rationality tends to win. In, in, in research sense, could I have researched any better about that and not just follow the market or like the, the sentiment running around? For sure, I, sh I, I should have maybe gathered more information to cover instead of blindly running after the market. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. Today, we've got Mr. Lasser Pestel, who'll be teaching us about his experience with worst investment. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes. So let me give a little background and uh, for our audience. Lasser Pestel is an investment strategist at DECA Investment in Frankfurt, steering the cross-asset allocation of about 180 billion euros. He earned a CIIA and an MBA degree focusing on the area of statistical studies, such as economics and, and its usefulness in banking, risk management, and portfolio management. Lasser grew up between two cultures of Germany and Finland. That's interesting. And he's gained extensive experience throughout Asia, particularly Taiwan, and especially Thailand, where I am right now, where he earned his master's in finance in finance and economics at Chulalongkorn University. He's worked for a dozen companies, companies such as DE Consultant Taipei City, and as a sales associate for pension solutions at Fidelity Investments in Frankfurt. Lasser has been involved in asset management, portfolio management, risk management, as well as the valuation of companies. His work has always been with companies active in the capital markets, and these companies are focused on fund management, portfolio construction, asset simulations regarding risk and returns, tax issues, and just about stock returns. So welcome to the show. Can you tell us any, any other points about yourself that you'd like to share, such as where you are and uh, what you're doing currently? Okay, thanks, Andrew. I mean, you summed it up pretty nicely. The only tiny thing I would like to add, I have a little son who's six years old, and I'm also married to Thai, and we tend to come back to Thailand at least every other year. Right now, as you said, I'm invest working as an investment strategist in cross-asset pieces. This also includes equity, but as well as other areas of investments and also bonds. Fantastic. All right. Well, maybe you can just take a, a moment to explain the backstory of how you entered into your worst investment ever and what you learned Okay, from. sure. The story is like that. Uh, when I started my CIIA, I mean, for those who don't know, it is sort of the competing program for CFA. And um, it was the time of the euro crisis. So at that point, all the markets, they were very cautious about Italy, as they are right now as well, and especially about Greece. Greece, at that point, we talk about the year 2012, already got two bailouts with zero haircut. And they always had this so-called Troika program out of EU, IMF and World Bank setting up what type of things they have to do in order to get money, in order to get their country running. Each time, the two times before, they got their money and they always were bailed out. But just before, always before that, the bond prices tend to fell rapidly. So usually, let's say you have a face value of 100 of a bond just before the Troika meeting came and the, the government at that point, they were very left wing and they were very opposed Troika. The bond prices dropped to something like 40 or 30. Then the bailout came and the bond prices went back to 100. 
as a sense, you were thinking, okay, they already got two times their bailout, two times you made a really nice profit, yeah? So why should it not happen a third time? Well, what I didn't have on my, on also many other persons, also asset managers didn't have on my account was that at that point, the government in Greece pushed so hard for not having any um, conditions on their bailout that the Troika thought, well, this time we will teach you a lesson. So instead of giving you the full bailout, we will convert your bonds at current market value to the so-called EFSF bonds. And they will, they, they will have a much longer running period than what you have right now. So we talk about bonds with 10 to maybe five to two years maturity. So they took this and converted them into bonds with 25 to 30 year maturity. So you had the same face value, like I talk about the, or the nominal value of like 40, and it was prolonged to run into 100 for the next 25 years. So instead of making a nice profit over three days of, let's say, 100 to 150%, you talk about an annual profit of 2% for the next 25 years. So, and as I did this as a private person, I don't have like the large pockets our funds have. I have a very small number of bonds, which I cannot really trade. They're highly illiquid, and I have to sit on them for the next 25 years. Oh, my gosh. 25 yeah. years is a long time. And just out of curiosity, was that like a twist type of thing that was happening in the U.S. where they were moving government bonds from, you know, the Fed was buying, switching their short-term holdings into long-term holdings, or was it more of a bailout and uh it was completely a debt restructuring. I mean, what you happen in the, the U.S., you didn't touch the liquidity of your bonds. You just switched them. Yeah. It, actually, for the bondholders itself, yep. nothing has changed. The maturity didn't change. Face value didn't change. Coupon didn't change. Everything remained the same. But in that case, actually, your face value, if you look back, let's say if you deduct the 100 from 25 years and you put them back into the two-year period, your face value went down from 100 to 25. So actually, you would have made a quite a substantial loss Yeah, if you, if you just, you know, let put the net present value for that. It was quite a disaster and quite many funds and pension funds lost a lot of money in it and they were quite unhappy. But because they have the power to do something about it and private investors don't, well, for me, it's something when my son is getting older, I will tell him when he's 18, happy birthday here, a few bonds for you. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's discuss about what was the, what did you learn from this? Uh, what are the lessons well, the, that the, the audience the can pretty, learn from this? Pretty straightforward lesson is, I mean, number one, if things work two times as they did before, they don't necessarily work a third time. Yeah. Next is. Got it. Political um, rationality is not the same as economic rationality. Yeah. And once these two collide, economic rationality tends to win. So meaning, well, if the political rationality had won, there would be a third bailout, but it didn't happen. So they said, okay, this time we, we face you to the market and we give you the full hit. And well, in, in research sense, could I have researched any better about that and not just follow the market or like the, the sentiment running around? For sure. I, sh I Because I had access to information going beyond the public information but it would have been illegal. So what I mean is I should have maybe gathered more information to cover instead of blindly running after the market. Got it. 
That's a great. So, so let me sum up what I'm hearing from you. The first time, first thing is that uh, just because you see a pattern in the past and it's repeated itself once, twice, three times, could be even five times, it doesn't mean that that pattern is going to repeat exactly. itself again. You could be the unlucky one at the unlucky time. Number one. Number two is something that I always think about is don't rely on politicians to provide your return because when things go bad, they'll forget about you and throw you out into the open market, yeah, which it sounds like what you've said. And then I think, I think the third one is about, I think for all of us, whenever we make a bad mistake in our investing, it usually does have to do with a lack of research that we've done, or maybe just a, the idea of not stopping and thinking about you know, what are the risks? And a lot of times we just think about the return, not the risk. So that's how I would sum up. Uh, yeah, what, exactly. What but you could add something to it. I mean, ever. what you could have bought at that time and that would have given you actually quite a profit, especially in the risk part, what you just mentioned, I could have like sort of hedged my, my position with the CDS. And that CDS would have actually performed quite nicely and would have covered it. So yes, I agree. The focus on return was too much instead of covering your, your, your risk. Okay, that's a great point because really risk management is oftentimes the last thing that people think of when they're investing. And part of the worst investment ever stories that we're doing, as well as the book that I've published, is all about helping us to keep ourselves focused on how do we reduce risk overall. Uh, well, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. And I just want to ask if there's any final words of wisdoms that you have for investors. And uh, um, the, best the best place, place to get in touch, get in touch, with, touch with me you? is either through you, because I mean, we know each other a little bit by email already, or to contact me directly by my first name, Lasse, dot my last name, pestle at gmail.com. That's, that's, that's a quick way for me to get in response. And the last word of wisdom Great. is what you just said before, make your research then set back and also let your common sense run a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, just rethink if, 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 if there's a really rationality in it or not. If things sound to be good, to good, too good to be true, they mostly are. All right. Fantastic. Well, that wraps it up for my worst Anytime. investment ever. And I want to thank you for being on the show. There you go, fellow risk takers. Another great story to help you create, grow, and protect your wealth. I'll see you on the upside.